What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 141 are open. This week on the show, we're talking about Nintendo's financial results and a bunch more news. There's a fair bit to get through, so I won't uh, won't dawdle too much throughout the episode. We'll uh, move through a nice, slick pace. But to start off with, I want to point out an iTunes review we got from uh, uh, Schleck Guy. So they say, uh, great <laughs> work, great podcast. Uh, thank you for the great podcast, Drew and Bryce. I look forward to your podcast every week. You guys have great Nintendo news and a lot of fun listening to you on uh, <laughs> listening to you too on my way to work. Keep up the great work. I can't wait for the next episode. So thank you very much for leaving us a review, uh, Sec Guy. I uh, said Select Guy. Sorry before. Um, so, if, you, if you'd like to help out the show and leave an iTunes review as well, you're more than welcome. Go over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I should say, and uh, leave us a review. It helps out the show a lot. And I actually checked my email today. I'm signed up to a site called Chartable, and what they do is actually um, send you an email each week or each month or something. I think it's each month, just letting you know like uh, how the podcast is going in the iTunes charts and everything, Apple Podcast charts. I keep saying iTunes, um, don't know why. I don't think that's a habit I'll ever get rid of. But basically, uh, it said that we'll number 23 or something in the Australian um, video games charts, which is absolutely amazing. That is really cool. Like, we, we fluctuate all the time depending on when the episode goes out. So, um, we're in and out the top 100 all the time. So, that's that's really fantastic. And um, it's reviews like this that really help us um, maybe stay there and find some new listeners that might find us through there. I don't know if people actually search through Apple Podcasts these days and they'll go, oh, cool, that's a cool album art and do it that way. I know that's how I found a lot of the podcasts I listen to. I remember there was a there was a the Reset podcast that was run by a couple of Australians and that was before I was sort of involved in um, the Australian podcast scene and um, I found those guys just through, oh, that album art looks cool. It's like an um, NES box art really. And I, I listened to it and I really enjoyed it and I just found it like that. So maybe someone will uh, find us like that. I don't know. But if you have found us like that, welcome to the House of Mario. I hope you enjoy your stay. Um, it's not always a solo podcast. Uh, I do have a co-host, Bryce, but, you know, he's uh, he's uh, he's off gallivanting. I think he's um, on horseback in the middle of Hyrule somewhere. He's uh, ex- exploring. He's uh, going to find back. He's going to find some materials, bring them back, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Um, but pretty much this week, what, uh, what I haven't been playing many video games, but I have been playing a lot of Pokemon Go. Been really enjoying the sort of throwback challenges they've been putting out. Last week was Kanto. This week is all about the uh, Johto Pokemon. Um, so it's really, really cool. Uh, basically, you do a bunch of uh, simple uh, research tests, and they're, they're really simple. So I catch this type of Pokemon, catch this amount of Pokemon. The hardest one, um, especially if you are staying at home, would be hatch an egg, but I was watching um, some Twitch streamers, <laughs> um, Mystic actually. He was he put his phone in the sock and he was just like swinging it around his head. Uh, but that's not a great idea because it's like I think one k is like ten minutes of swinging your sock, and I tried it for about two minutes because <laughs> it was like really uh, windy and stuff outside. So I'm like, oh, I'll try that technique, but it it really it really wasn't uh, working for me because you know that's a that is harder than actually walking, just having uh, your arm above your head, just swinging a sock. And, you know, 
my phone, you know, my phone's expensive and I ended up hitting myself in the head with it and it was just a, just an embarrassing time really. So, um, yeah, I went outside to hatch the egg. <laughs> I didn't, I live in a pretty rural town, so I'm not in the middle of New York or anything, so I don't have to resort to the sock, but, um, really enjoying the quest and sort of, uh, what you do. So last week for the Canto quest, basically, um, you did a bunch of simple things, you know, you, you tick off the checklist and then you can catch a Mewtwo. Uh, this week for Johto, you can catch a, a Ho-Oh, um, both with exclusive moves. I think the Ho-Oh has Earthquake and the Mewtwo had Psystrike. And then, then next week it moves on to the Hoenn region where you can catch a Groudon. Not sure what the exclusive move is for the Groudon, but uh, really, really um, enjoying my time in Pokemon Go. And a uh, shout out to Cherie, who's become my... Um, my first best friend through Pokemon Go, through exchanging gifts for what felt like forever. I, f- I started uh, playing back packs last year, so it would have been November or it was actually it was late October, wasn't it? Um, so it's been months and months of exchanging gifts, like nearly every day. Uh, it's just ridiculous how much you have to do, but yeah. Um, really, yeah, like I said, really enjoying Pokemon Go and been finding a bunch of shinies. Uh, I hooked up the Pokeball Go Plus um, that I got with um, Pokemon uh, Let's Go. And that's been really useful. All you do is press a button and it um, automatically throws a Pokeball. Sometimes they can escape, sometimes they don't. Um, but I ended up getting a shiny Pidgey through that. Um, went for a walk. I got a shiny uh, Umbreon Hat Pikachu. Uh, what was the other shinies I got? I got a shiny, what's his name? Gerda? Yeah. Oh, no, Timber. That's the first one. Shiny Timber through uh, a remote raid I did. Just uh, had really great luck. Um, there was a, a Swinub, uh, not Swinub, what's his name? Grumble. Um, research um, quest. Um, got two from there. Yeah, just like heaps of shinies. And I got a shiny Drilba in Pokemon Sword through hatching eggs. Um, took me 408 eggs to get it. Um, but anyone who's fam- familiar with uh, Pokemon and the competitive scene, Extra Drill is an absolute beast, especially paired with Tyranitar, who has the ability uh, Sandstream. And what that basically does is um, give him a special, no, was it special defense or defense boost um, through being a ground top? Can't quite remember, but really cool. And the first battle I did, I absolutely destroyed my opponent with my in a double battle with my Tyranitar and uh, Extra Drill. But uh, the second battle, I actually came across someone else with an Extra Drill, and they absolutely destroyed me. <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, maybe maybe it's a, a sign that if you got a good Extra Drill. Um, who's equipped for the situation. Maybe maybe that's what's going to make you win. I'm not sure, but uh, looking forward to um, getting into some more competitive Pokemon. I said that a fair while ago. I was meaning to go to the Pokemon World Championships back in... When was it? Back in... I was uh, early this year. It feels like forever ago, but this this was before coronavirus and everything. Like Just willy-nilly. I was going to willy-nilly just go to uh, Melbourne for the weekend, chill out, go to a exhibition hall, chill out with lots of people. That was the idea anyway, but then I had um, renovations that going on. I'm like, I really can't. But thinking about doing that now, like, yeah, times have changed very quick. Uh, But what I'm hoping to do, I really want to start Twitch streaming and doing YouTube content like around Pokemon because I just, I love, absolutely love watching it um, more than anything. Like I'm not typically a let's play sort of, um, watcher necessarily, but really enjoying uh, a few YouTubers' um, Pokemon Let's Plays. Just really enjoying them. Um, a Drive, uh, Tyranitar Tube, just to name a couple. Like, just I don't know. It's just something about Pokemon uh, which I just really enjoy watching and talking about because we're coming up to eight minutes. I've got the I've got the timer here, guys. Don't you don't you worry. I'm not going to go too long. 
Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I've just become sort of really obsessed with Pokemon in the last week. It's sort of like it comes and goes, <laughs> like obsessions with certain games. Um, and it's sort of, it's taken taken away from Animal Crossing a fair bit. Um, but I'll be back in Animal Crossing. You know, animal, you know that they can, the villagers can do what they want. They can go fishing. They can do whatever. They don't need me there. I know there's a bridge I need to put in, which uh, they'll probably appreciate. Um, and most of my villagers are up on a cliff with no uh, way to get, no ramp to get down. So, you know, there's a, there's a few things to do over in, um, what's my, oh, my uh, island's called Thom for the House of Mario. That's why. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but to get back, there's poor villagers. There's poor bastards. And no, I haven't found Philbit yet. If anybody knows where Philbit is, let me know. I know everyone's obsessed with, uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. But he, he's, he's a very uh, slick looking villager. Um, but I don't care. I want Philbit. If anyone has Philbit, uh, let, let me know. Anyway, that's enough rambling for me. Uh, well, not really. I'm going to ramble for a fair bit longer. But let's uh, get into some news and uh, we'll uh, go through the rest of the episode. Roddy. Woohoo! Yeah! Is that all? I fight for my friends. Yahoo! My body is still. Alrighty, so uh, Ubisoft have announced their sort of, I guess, replacement for their E3 plans. So this is from Nintendo Life, and the article reads uh, Ubisoft. Ford announcement, a brand new E3 style showcase airing on the 12th of July. So this is the equivalent of what a Nintendo Direct would be for Nintendo, but um, Ubisoft are calling it a Ubisoft Ford. Um, I don't really know much about it. I'm going to read the article and sort of learn about it with you guys, but I assume it's, be I assume it's because it's a look forward at their upcoming lineup. Um so, this is the article from Nintendo Life. Uh, following the cancellation of this year's E3, major first-party and major first-party and third-party game companies have decided to host their own events. Ubisoft, best known for the Assassin's best known for Assassin's Creed, have announced its own digital conference. It's called Ubisoft Forward and will take place on the 12th of July, which as which is a month after um, EA's digital presentation. Ubisoft promises exclusive game news, reveals, and more. Here's the announcement on Twitter. And on Twitter, they say, Save the date. Join us on uh, July 12th for Ubisoft Ford, a fully digital showcase with exclusive game news, reveals, and more. Stay tuned. Uh, so we all know, we don't all know, but uh, last week, they Xbox did show off uh, the next generation of, uh, I guess, <laughs> So gameplay from the next generation, basically, and we'll promise uh, <laughs> gameplay from Assassin's Creed or the next one coming up. Not coming to Switch, so it's not that important for this audience here. But watching it, it was just like it was in game. It was technically in engine, but it really wasn't gameplay. <laughs> so maybe they're saving it for for here, and yeah, I think that's going to be the big thing. Obviously, Assassin's Creed is their big money maker, which they were annualizing a lot um, until sort of, you know, the quality went down and the sales went down because of it. And because they sort of went back to a every two years type of model, I think the series has benefited a lot from it. So, um, and it actually made me interested enough to pick up uh, Odyssey uh, a couple of years ago. Was it a couple of years ago or was it 2018? Jeez, it, time goes quick. But 
As far as Nintendo goes, I think a lot of people are sort of looking at it going, hmm, is it going to be a Mario Plus Rabbids 2 or some type of partnership with Nintendo to bring some of these franchises to Switch? Because, like, it's a Mario Plus Rabbids was a, you know, a great success, especially for um, a turn based strategy game that uh, Mario Plus Rabbids is. And uh, yeah, I personally, like, if I see Mario Plus Rabbids 2 pop up on the screen, I'm not going to be super excited. I'm going to be excited for everyone that's. Uh, really loves that game but um like i've said before that type of gameplay just it uh, as much as i want it to click for me it just doesn't uh but they did an absolute fantastic job <laughs> with that game and as everybody knows how they made rabbits plus mario any good is a just a feat in itself just really cool but personally i'd like to see some other stuff um, come to Switch. I know uh, Gods and Monsters, that was a game at last year's E3 but really caught my eye just with its really vibrant art style and uh, open world. Obviously, it reminded a lot of us of uh, Breath of the Wild just with its really, like, just the, the way the grass looks and everything. It looks really cool. Um, so, that's going to be coming to Switch unless they change their mind when they delayed it. But that's the game I'm going to be looking looking at at this uh, digital presentation. Because it looks pretty cool. All right, so moving on, uh, this is this is a quick one about Tetris ninety nine. So they've got a um, they've got an Animal Crossing uh, event. Basically, we can unlock an Animal Crossing theme. So the article on Nintendo, Lo- Nintendo Life says, uh, just weeks after Tetris ninety nine teamed up with Ring Fit Adventure, uh, it's now being revealed that Animal Crossing New Horizon Maximus Cup will be taking place in Nintendo's Battle Royale tile. Uh, matching puzzle game later this week. The event will start on the 15th of May and will run until the 18th of May. You'll earn points based on the placement in each match and once you've uh, scored 100 of them, you'll unlock the new theme inspired by the Animal Crossing New Horizons. So back when they did a Pokemon one uh, on the lead up to the release of Pokemon Sword and Shield for this and it looks really cool. So I'm like, all right, I'll jump into it for the weekend, make sure I get that theme because that's going to be a theme I want to use whenever I play this game. And it's really cool how they do sort of these events where it's like, if you want this theme, you're going to have to get in it, play it for, you know, however long it takes you. If you get a win, you get 100 points. But if you're getting, say, 50th place or something, it's going to take you a bit longer to accumulate that points. But even if you're really bad, you're going to get it eventually after playing. And you'll probably lose track of time anyway because it's Tetris. And Tetris is one of those games where it's just like, oh, just one more time, one, just one more time, let alone when you're actually trying to accumulate points to get something. Um, but it's cool. I reckon an Animal Crossing theme would be really cool for this game. So if I remember, I'll jump in. I'm not as uh, keen as I would have been for the Pokemon one because that was one I was like, oh, that looks cool because it had all the little uh, party sprites and everything for it. But yeah, keep that in mind if you're interested in uh, getting all the themes for Tetris 99. Um, and, and I completely forgot there was a Ring Fit Adventure one. Um, Ring Fit Adventure, probably not the type of game that's going to get me really excited to jump into the event, but Animal Crossing a little bit more so. So this news article uh, is about Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer, and this is also from Nintendo Life. A lot of the ones at the start from Nintendo Life because that's the start I went to first because they they uh, do a fantastic job. So uh, accumulating all this news together. So um, the title of the article is Star Wars Episode One Racer is no longer speeding onto Nintendo Switch today. So basically, before I get into the article, pod, the Pod Racer game was meant to come out um, the day of this article. And then it was just like delayed <laughs> without uh, just on the day of release, um, which is which is a bit strange. But I guess uh, 
the development time was really running into <laughs> really a yeah I don't know what I'm don't know what I'm saying really but <laughs> all right so we're getting to the article aspired the developer behind the re-release of Star Wars Episode One Racer on the Switch has announced the release has been delayed. Uh, the game was due to arrive on Nintendo's hybrid system today, which is May 12th, but ongoing work from home requirements, um, this will be no longer happening, is the official s- statement from Aspire on its Twitter page. So they say, uh, we are so excited to share our Star Wars Episode One race with you soon. Unfortunately, due to ongoing work from home requirements across the industry, the game will be further delayed on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4. We'll be back with an update as soon as possible. As noted by Aspire... As noted, Aspire will provide an update as soon as possible about when the game will be released. Uh, when it does arrive, it will be available for $15 American or your local equivalent. So, at a guess, I guess, uh, at a guess, I guess, uh, we'll be putting an extra $10 on for Australian. So, 25 bucks. And $25, I can see being a, a decent price for this game. It'll probably be pushed to 30 because I think. Um, a lot of publishers and developers just go, why not, uh, when it comes to Australia. So it's going to be like $30. If it's more than that, ooh. Um, so $15 American and will include all the same features as the original, such as 25 playable characters, uh, racetracks across eight unique worlds, and split-screen racing. So cool. That's a, that's a game that I never actually played on 64, but I played a lot on <laughs> emulator at school. Um and it's a really, really cool game. It's probably one of the best things that come out of Star Wars Episode One. Um, and I, like, I'm not, I'm not a prequel hater necessarily. I think Episode One, uh, Star Wars Episode One, uh, it's a good movie. Uh, couldn't watch it again too many times. I think it's fine. I think Episode Two is really bad. I wouldn't have an interest in watching that again. But Episode Three, I think that's, uh, I think the climax of the story of uh, Anakin becoming Darth Vader is actually pretty cool. I think it could have been done better, but, you know, maybe not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'll probably I'll probably like to pick this up. But at the same time, I don't know when I'm going to be, like, sitting down to play, you know, Pod Racer split screen. I think that's when it's going to come into the, the shine a lot. It's like, all right, let's play Pod Racer. But if you've got, like, a party setting and you want to play a split screen racing game on your Switch, it's going to be hard to get pulled away from Mario Kart because I think Mario Kart's just, like... It's just a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is just a really great game. But if you want something a bit different, because I think we've all played <laughs> eight uh, Mario Kart 8 so much, I think uh, maybe having something a little bit different and yeah, anyway, a bit of a nostalgia for you all anyway. So another article from Nintendo Life: uh, Nintendo reveals the top 15 most downloaded Nintendo Switch games in April 2020, and this is uh, in Europe. So number one is Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is absolutely no, <laughs> no surprise. Uh, then number two is Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and uh, Ubisoft just recently had a sale and it was super cheap, so that makes sense. And also makes sense for number three being Just Dance 2020, that was also on a big sale. And number four, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, which was not on sale and probably will never be on sale. Um, it's just great to see it's still up there. Uh, Number five is Monopoly for Nintendo Switch. Number six is Spyro United Trilogy, which I recently picked up because that was on a 50% sale as well. Uh, Number seven, Minecraft. Uh, Number eight, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, which was also half half off. Um, Activision had just a really great sale recently um, in April. 
number nine, Marika 8 Deluxe. Uh, 10 was Bastion. Uh, 11, Thief Simulator. <laughs> number 12, you know. Uh, 13, Pocket Mini Golf. 14, Rayman Legends Definitive Edition, which is fantastic. I want that game. I want to see. I want another Rayman game. Please, Ubisoft, stop making Assassin's Creed, which makes uh, plenty of money, and make a make a make a game that uh, probably didn't even hit a million. <laughs> and uh, number fifteen, Unravel Two. Unravel Two was on a big sale as well. All right. So next up, uh, new indie showcase event, um, the Gorilla Collective. Uh, to bring exclusive reveals this June. And I heard a little bit about this, but I haven't heard a whole lot. So I'm going to read this article and learn a bit with you. So a brand new video game uh, event set to start a number of indie developers and publishers has been announced called The Guerrilla Collective. The show will take place next month in June at around the time would ordinary be enjoying E3. Uh, said to be a feature of uh, unprecedented collaboration of studios, publishers, and media reveals. Uh, the show will be hosted by Kind of Funny's Greg Miller. It's part of a three-day celebration, which will kick off on the 6th of June with the Gorilla Collective event to be uh, followed by the PC Gaming Show and the Future Games Show. According to a press release, the show will um, include the latest news, reveals, gameplay, uh, gameplay demos, trailers, and more for every platform. So we can expect some of the content on offer to be relevant for Switch owners. Uh, the list of indie studios taking part is pretty impressive. So they've got a list here and I won't read them all, but I'll read about half of them. So uh, 11-Bit Studios, Another Indie, Coffee Stain Studios, uh, Fellow Traveler, Funcom, uh, Good Shepherd Entertainment, Head Up, uh, Humble Publishing, uh, Modern Wolf, Paradox Interactive, Raw Fury. And if you want the full list, you can go over to Nintendo Life, check out this article. And it's, uh, I mean, it's a, it's pr pretty cool because like um, I'm, I found out about this because I'm a fan of kind of funny and Greg Miller. And I saw Greg Miller um, tweet about this, but he's going to be hosting it. And uh, for those who don't know, what kind of funny done is they did an indie showcase where they just really... Um, want to sort of showcase games and developers that don't necessarily have um, the budget and the means to get their game out there. And it's this is sort of an evolution of what they were doing on probably a a, um, a bigger uh, like a, a, a bigger plane, I guess. Um, so it's cool to see, and I always love like tuning into these things and seeing like maybe the one, two, or three indie games. I'm like, oh my god, that looks awesome. Um, a lot of it is <laughs> like sort of like pixel-based stuff um, that really captures my eye. Sort of like uh, um, Dead Cells, for example. When I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, that looks awesome. And that's that's one of my favorite games. It's just absolutely fantastic. So um, definitely, definitely looking forward to tuning in. And we're sort of seeing a lot of these uh, events or digital events um, get announced and take place. And whether they're June, July, they're sort of like spread out along over a long time. So um, it's going to be different, different experience sort of taking in all these announcements. Um, yeah. And we're probably not going to get a Nintendo Direct until um, July. Actually, that's, that's something that happened, wasn't it? They, uh, they came out and they said uh, it won't be in June. It's going to be in July because of coronavirus delays and everything. Um, I guess the way I feel about that is I'm not that worried about it because that is that is their sort of marketing team getting held up and not getting the message out. Um, regardless of if there's direct or not, there's going to be 
the game's going to come out when it's going to come out, whether it's ready for this holiday or not. So I'm not I'm not too worried about that. Um, it's going to be ready when it's ready. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So another article from Nintendo Life, well, sort of halfway through the Nintendo Life articles. Uh, but this is a pretty cool one, which is um, interesting. So Switch Online subscribers will soon get to play Celeste for free in Japan. And the article reads, starting from next week, Nintendo Switch Online subscribers in Japan will be able to enjoy Celeste in its entirety at no extra charge. The game is the latest to be offered up with a string of free uh, limited time releases available to subscribers, uh, which has already included the likes of Fire Emblem Warriors and Dead Cells. Uh, Celeste will become playable uh, from uh, 12 o'clock GST, on the 18th of May, and players will be able to access it up to, um, eight, I guess, 18 o'clock <laughs> GST on the 24th of May, providing them with a full week to play as much or as little as they like. For anyone who likes what they see and want to add the game to the library on a permanent basis, a sale will also be held during the promotion. Japanese players will be able to buy the game at 50% off which is at 1,080 yen instead of 2,160 yen. Uh, if you're not from Japan but you want to try it, Celeste for yourself, there is a workaround um, and Nintendo Life have an article if you're interested in sort of, uh, I guess, making a Japanese account and s- scooping up a Japanese copy of Celeste. But it's a cool thing they're doing. They just sort of like um, put up, it's sort of like a glorified uh, full game demo. Uh, which we've seen for uh, was it Mario Tennis and a few games recently, Splatoon. Um, that was more of a demo. That wasn't necessarily what this is, but it's cool that just like a non-Nintendo game is being demoed um, like this and, you know, you can play it over a week. You could probably smash it out if you're <laughs> if you're a quick learner. Um, but, yeah, it's cool, cool to see. Um, so if you're int- interested in getting a free copy, you'll have to make a Japanese account, but, yeah. Uh, so this is some um, Metroid Prime 4 news. So uh, Metroid Prime 4 Dev Retro Studios hires a Battlefield Tomb Raider and Borderlands artists. It would appear that Retro Studios, a subsidiary of Nintendo, which ha- which is currently working on the highly anticipated Metroid Prime 4, has once again been hiring a number of talented industry folk to bolster its ranks. As spotted by VGC, the Texas-based developer has brought on a number of new V. FX artists. The people responsible for the visual effects, uh, visual aspect of special effects like explosions, lasers, uh, fire, and the like. The new hires also include uh, Adad Morals, uh, Battle uh, from Battlefield Hardline, uh, Byron uh, Eric uh, from Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and uh, Nicholas Wilson who worked on Borderlands Three. Uh, over the, the past few months, we've been hearing of plenty of exciting Retro Studios newcomers. Uh, the three mentioned above will be joining Mark uh, Scabbers, um, previously of uh, New Super Lucky's Tale, developer Playful, uh, James uh, Betch, um, Crisis 3, and DC Universe Online, Stefan uh, Dupree, um, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which is obviously the same studio, and Kyle, um, um, he, three, um, who's from 343 and worked on Halo. 
Uh, we're still yet to see anything of Metroid Prime 4, of course, but seeing all these names join the team is certainly a promising uh, prospect. Uh, it is now being well over a year since we've heard that development of the game has been scrapped and restarted. And well, there's a, there's always um, people joining Retro Studios to work on Metroid Prime 4 and I guess it's it's always a reminder of like <laughs> when it comes to the start of the year, it's like, all right, what games are coming out this year? Are we going to see Breath of the Wild 2? Are we going to see Metroid Prime 4? Uh, you know, this is this is a, a reminder to anyone who's like, hmm, maybe we'll get an announcement or a bit of a bit of a show for Metroid Prime Four. This is this is a reminder. It's like, no, no, but no, <laughs> it's still a while's off yet. Um, which, uh, if anyone sort of like pays attention to game development and how long things take, um, there's no surprises. <laughs> but cool to see some um cool talent is uh, joining Retro to make the game because I think uh, there's some huge expectations from Nintendo fans for these these games um, because um, the, the original trilogy was just just uh, so beloved by by fans and it's it's actually a trilogy I need to play more I played through I played the first one and uh, a bit of the Wii a bit of a Metroid Prime 3 on Wii but I really need to play through them all properly and enjoy them but I'm sort of sitting back here waiting for a good way to do it. I can play it on Wii. Don't really want to do that. Don't really want to go back to the GameCube. Don't really want to emulate it. Um, I just want a nice, pretty version on my Switch, um, to be honest. I don't know. I'm sure they can hire someone. <laughs> they're just they're just like looking around. It's like, oh, there's, there's no one to do it. There's not one studio who would put, want to make a, another trilogy <laughs> port. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to have a nice swig of water because, my God, running a bit dry. Oh, I've got a water bottle this time because I was a bit concerned about, usually I bring like a glass of water, but I'm concerned I'm going to like knock it over all this stuff. I've got a laptop, I've got my soundboard here, got got all this stuff. I really don't want to get it wet, you know. And I actually made an awful mistake the other day. I was up, um, I woke up night, oh. I woke up in the morning, had my breakfast, had a glass of chalky milk, had my MacBook, and uh, my uh, partner came up to me and I gave her a hug and I turned around and I knocked the chocolate milk all over my keyboard of my laptop and holy shit was I nervous. Um, cleaned it up all right, but there's like, I can feel that the uh, the click pad doesn't click down properly because there's like, it must have been, must be stuck down underneath, uh, which is really not good. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we're not doing that again. <laughs> so this is this is a bit of a, a bit of a funny one. So this is also from my Nintendo Life. This is uh, the third to last from Nintendo Life before we uh, give the mantle off to someone else. But even the man who wrote Animal Crossing New Horizons, Sea Bass Joke, is tired of it. <laughs> so if you've played Animal Crossing New Horizons, you won't need us to explain how common and infuriating the pesky sea bass can be. It's everywhere, standing between you and the more rare and desirable alternatives at every corner. And just just to say something on that, like when you see the sea bass is like a big fish out there and usually the big fish mean big dollars if it's in any other species and you see like, oh, maybe that's something else and you throw the you throw the rod out there and it just turns out to be a friggin' sea bass and they sell for nothing and they probably taste like crap when you eat them too. I don't know. I would assume so. Um, but anyway... <laughs> At, uh, every corner and each time you catch one you're greeted with the line i caught a sea bass no wait it's at least c plus 
Suck. <laughs> That's a yeah. See, like it's it's not a bad line, but you catch so many of them. <laughs> uh, so moving on, uh, having to read that one line over and over again has driven players mad. Popular YouTube channel Girlfriend, Girlfriend Reviews actually went as far as creating a Billy Eilish parody based <laughs> bass guy. After I'll have to give that a listen. I'll open that. I'll li- we'll listen to the start of that. I'm actually. <laughs> so you can't see of like the music video, but it's actually. Well, this is really good. Go and check out the video. I'll leave it in the show notes. Hundred bells is actually more than I thought. I'm the best guy. Duh. <laughs> and now like she's shaking trees, getting bass, she's hitting rocks, getting bass, she's digging up bass from <laughs> anyway. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll leave the link to go and check that out in the show notes. Um but yeah. Um, as it happens, the uh, jokes author himself admits that even he's tired of seeing it. In a thread posted to Twitter, uh, Nintendo's Rob uh, Herrett um, also told how the joke was put together, explaining that the team knew players would be forced to see it again and again and again and how <laughs> that uh, thought affected its creation. Here's what he had to say. If you've played the game and you're tired of the Seabass joke, I get it. I'm tired of the Seabass joke and I wrote it. But here's the secret about the sea bass joke. It was originally, I caught a sea bass. Well, maybe a C minus bass. Uh, when we were workshopping with fish ideas, someone pointed out that as a joke, people were going to see it many, many times. Generally, along with disappointed, they didn't catch something better. Maybe it would be better to spin it positive. Make it a C plus instead. Uh, from a comedy... from. Comedy mechanics perspective, it's the same joke relying on homophobes C and C in the letter C to change how you perceive the uh, description of an animal uh, in brackets. Uh, And let's be honest, it would work better as a verbal joke uh, than it does in print. But that fish has sailed. Oh, God. Uh, Anyway, my point is we were doing our very best (laughs) down to the detail you might not have considered to make this the most positive, uh, comforting, funny game we could. And I know the dev team was doing the same. And that's end quote. Uh, so next time you find yourself getting annoyed at the C-plus joke, spare a thought for the poor localization team, but to come up with something knowing that uh, whatever they wrote <laughs> would start to grate eventually, no matter how good it was. Yeah. So, I mean, it hasn't really grated... Like just that that actual phrase itself hasn't really, uh, I guess, graded me the wrong way or anything. But 
maybe like a workaround. I know this was more work for the local localization team, and but maybe like put in maybe three lines for like the common fish. I don't know, especially like the sea bass because the sea bass it doesn't go out of season and it just you get it all the time. But it's it's also one of those things too. Like there's that much localization to do in Animal Crossing. Like I couldn't even imagine the amount of text in this game for every single villager, every single situation. Like depending on what item they get, depending on what they're doing, what the season is, what the maybe the holiday is, it'll just be absolutely ridiculous. Of oh, be absolutely, I think this game would be one of the hardest games to localize. Um, but might be wrong. I don't know. But just the idea of it, it's like holy crap. Um, this this is a weird one. Um, I'm probably I won't read the article because it's not that uh, important. I can sort of sum it up pretty easily myself, but. Um, basically, Kirby appeared in a Fortnite um, Party Royale trailer. And for the PlayStation and Xbox clips, they actually just blurred it out. So if you want to check out the trailer and um, the screenshots from the trailer with Kirby in it, you can go to Nintendo Life and uh, find the article there. But um, i got no idea whether, like, uh, why Kirby was included. Like, it's like a... It's just like a, a party event in Fortnite. I really don't know much about the event, but Kirby just appears subtly in the background real quick and in the, in the Xbox and uh, PlayStation versions, they just blurred it out, which is fair enough because then they would get in trouble. Um, so, yeah, Fortnite news. <laughs> and the last one from uh, Nintendo Life, but not the last story altogether. Um, Nintendo cracks down on Super Mario 64 PC port. And this looks really cool. I'm a, I really, uh, I'm ashamed. It's a shame that, uh, they cracked down on it because it looks cool, but there's probably a very good reason they're cracking down on it as we'll talk about after. So Nintendo's legal eagles have reportedly begun targeting sites, hosting compiled versions of Super Mario 64 PC port, which was made available on the internet last week. According to, according to a follow-up story from Torrent Freak, after the internal VGC report, uh, links to the download, uh, links to download the ex- ex- executable version. I don't know, uh, version have started to disappear from various file hosting websites. The action, at least in part, has taken uh, has been taken by the U.S.-based law firm uh, Wildwood Law Group LLC. The firm has supposedly worked with Nintendo in the past to suppress the availability of modding tools and related products. Torrent Freak was able to get hold of one of the uh, compliance field with Google. Here's exactly what it had to say. So, quote, The copyright work is Nintendo's Nintendo's Super Mario 64 video game, including uh, audio, visual work, software, and fictional character descriptions uh, covered by U.S., Copyright regulations number PA redacted. Uh, so Nintendo has been targeting YouTube channels with uploading footage of the PC port with many videos receiving copyright claims. Uh, despite the legal measurements taken so far, there are still some cases where uh, Nintendo's law firm has filed complaints and has no luck getting download links removed. If we hear any more developments, we'll be sure to let you know. So... Obviously, Nintendo goes over, like, whether it's mods or Pokemon games or whatever it is, Nintendo always goes up, goes after them because they're looking after their IP 
Um, they don't want people confused with um, games they don't make being interpreted as Nintendo games. So I think it's 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 all very well, just normal state of practice. Obviously, um, with the rumors that there's going to be a Super Mario 64 uh, port or a remake in this uh, collection or bundle of games coming out, Mario games coming out this year sometimes, it's, uh, it's very obvious why they're targeting this really hard. Um, the same happened with a um, was it Metroid Two, the Game Boy game. Someone remade that a few years ago. Nintendo came down on them hard. Um, then later, <laughs> later that year, they're like, "Oh, we're actually remaking the game for 3DS." So it made like a lot of sense. It's like, "Oh, that's why," because they're they're literally doing the same thing and they're going to be trying to sell sell the product instead of this uh, free version by someone else. But just like looking at sort of the things this uh, PC port does, so basically it's just like it makes the game look absolutely fantastic. It's still like the same graphics, but it's just like smoothed over. It's in 4K. It supports wide. It's got widescreen support for widescreen monitors. Um, it's just like a really cool thing. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to go and download it. Um, I don't have a widescreen monitor or anything to make like real good use of it. But I would like to go and see some of these videos, but they're all being taken down. <laughs> but it's a cool thing. If you were, if you were interested in giving this a download, um, go and do it before... Uh, maybe it gets taken down. But like I said, we I think we are going to be getting a re-release of Super Mario 64, whether it is a nice remake with Odyssey graphics or it is just smoothed over or whatever it is. Um, I'm really looking forward to be playing this game again this year. Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Um, just like listening, listening to the music and everything is just like so nice. It's such a wonderful game. Um, so, yeah. So... In a, I guess, in a Reggie news, um, I'm gonna go to, <laughs> gonna go to the Reggie Rec room to, to read this news article. Well, that's the wrong button. I'm sorry. Well, I'm gonna go to Reggie's Rec room. You know, sometimes you go through the wrong door. It's a big house in here. You know, the doors are right next to it. It's like a, it's like one of those things where all the doors are lined up, and you've got to pick a door, and there's a line behind all of them except one where there's Reggie. So let's uh, let's pick a door. Uh, all right, we'll open that door. Oh, thank God it was Reggie. Hi, Nintendo oh, fans. <laughs> Reggie here. Thank you for your never-ending support, for giving me a mushroom kingdom full of incredible memories that I will never forget. Ever. Alrighty. So, we're in Reggie's rec room, and this is because Reggie is joining another board of directors, which is, uh, how many, how many boards can you be on? And how much work do you do for each one? I know you I know I've sort of like heard that you know it's not it's not necessarily a whole lot of work necessarily it's more of just a guidance and advice, um, but he's doing a lot of guidance and advice. It seems it seems like every month or every week or whatever it is he's uh, signing up for a, another role on a board of directors. So this is from My Nintendo News, and the title is Reggie Fizemay is joining toy company Spin Masters board of directors. And I didn't really know what Spin Masters was. But if I go look up here, and it's a Canadian toy and entertainment company. And it says, uh, Spin Masters is a Canadian global toy and entertainment company marketing consumer products for children. It includes brands uh, includes brands like uh, Buckigan, uh, Stet, oh, uh, Sketch of... No, Etch of a Sketch. <laughs> Erector Set by uh, Meccano. Uh, Air Hogs, Paw Patrol, Aqua Doodle, Tech Deck, 
and Hatchimals and Zuma. So, I know what Paw Patrol is. I don't know what the rest are. I'm not, I'm not up with the Canadian, uh, the Canadian toys these days. But Spin Master Corp and leading global children's entertainment company today announced that the nominees listed in its management information circular were elected as directors of the company at its annual meeting of shareholders held earlier today. The results include the election of two new independent board members bolstering the board's experience in two key areas within Spin Master's long-term strategy. Entertainment and digital gaming. Reggie Fieser May, former president and chief operating officer of Nintendo of America, and Krista Miller, former president of Warner Media's Kids, Young Adults, and Classic Division, uh, both joined Spin Master's boards of director effective immediately. Um, so there's a bit of a vote where uh, Reggie. What have we got here? So Reggie was nominated, and I'm trying to see if this is right because he got 731 million votes. Is that right? Then votes withheld 27,000. Yeah, I really like. I really don't know. Like, I'm not. I'm not an expert on boards of directors and running companies or anything. Like, not even close. Not even close. But you know. You're going to see his, his uh, name popping up in Spin Masters now, as, as well as uh, multiple other things. GameStop, and yeah, he's just uh, he's putting his uh, thumbs in a few pies. He's making sure he's looked after. He's keeping his mind active in retirement, and that's all That's all that matters. So, good on you, Reggie. going to leave you to your own devices now. Catch you later, mate. Yep. All right. <laughs> all right. Alright, so I reckon uh, we might move into the financial results and this is, I, I always really enjoy doing the, uh, just seeing the progress of uh, the sales and everything for the financial results. I know Bryce is like, he doesn't really care about the numbers and that, but I actually really enjoy it to some extent. So we'll start off with the uh, dedicated video game sales units for Nintendo Switch and it's now at uh, 50, oh, 55.77 million units, which is yeah, great. <laughs> it's really good. It's still on an upward, upward tra trajectory, and it 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 kind of shows that like I don't know I don't know how much more um, longer the, the switch can be just like a, a huge success. Um, well, obviously it's going to keep selling, but I don't know how much longer it's going to keep selling at the rate it was, where it was just like breaking records and everything. And I don't think it will end up becoming what the what the Wii was. I don't think it would hit a hundred million. Um, but Nintendo has said that it is basically halfway through its life cycle. They did mention that in the this meeting with their investors. So I do see it sort of um evening out. Uh I had a question here. Um uh, yeah so so Luke on Discord he, he he asked a question. He said, "I want to know your guess on how how long on how long the Switch will take to outsell the 3DS. It's got 20 million units to go. So currently, the, the 3DS is selling at, uh, sitting at 75.77 million uh, units sold. So it's pretty much exactly 20 million units still to go. Um, I would probably say for another 20 million, I'd say 
this is like a really rough guess. I think anyone can maybe make this guess, but I think it will slow down a bit um, the uptake of new new hardware, just mainly because we've we've seen the big games come out. Like if someone hasn't picked up a Switch yet, because um, it's it's still at three hundred US, like it hasn't had a price drop yet. Um, apart from the Switch Lite coming out, which is a bit cheaper model for people to buy, but um, at the start, it was hardware or it was software really pushing the hardware, like with Zelda coming out, then gradually going to Mario. You had Mario Kart. Um, then last year, well, 2018, you had Smash Bros, which was which was a huge driver. You had Pokemon. You've got two Pokemon games on there now, one for casuals to sort of dip their toe in, one for you know more traditional Pokemon fans. And Animal Crossing now just really becoming, really maturing as a franchise and becoming its own thing. Um, so I don't know what else they can sort of release. They can release more Pokemon games. They can release, an, you know, obviously Breath of the Wild 2. They can release another Mario game, whether it's the collection or uh, a port of 3D World. But I don't see what they can release, which will push um, hardware more than it already has because they, they already have their big hitters out there. Um, they, it's going to still sell heaps and heaps of software and everything, but I think it will slow down. So I think maybe 18 months we'll see it um, approach what 3DS is currently sitting at. And 3DS isn't going to take off anymore either because that system is, you know, it's it's dead. Um, as, as, great of, as great a handheld as that thing was and a greater library as it has, you know, the 3DS is now officially pretty much finished. <laughs> um, I don't know if you can go to like EB Games and get us... 3ds anymore but yeah i've got no idea haven't tried it in a while um and it's interesting too because the software is sitting at um 356.24 million units sold and just for a bit of context the wii uh, over its lifetime sold uh 921 million units uh the ds sold 948 million units and even the wii u um even with its uh, 13 million install base, so uh, one, uh, 103 million units of software. So that's you know, a bit under a third of what the Switch has done in um, a shorter time span. But, you know, that wasn't even that bad for what you like considering. Like, it's not a bad attach rate still. It's like a bit under 10. It's not too bad. Um, so, yeah, the Switch is, the Switch is going well. And... Uh, I guess that the interesting part here is the software. So the top 10 has been updated as of March uh, 31st. So we're missing a few Animal Crossing sales here, but we'll get to that a bit after. So at number 10, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is sitting at 6.60 million units. Uh, Super Mario Party is sitting at 10.10 million units. And this has made Mario Party the best-selling Mario Party game in the franchise. So there's a bit of a, a clap for that franchise, even though it's a kind of a, a bit more of a bare bones Mario Party, but it's also one of the better Mario Parties, especially in years, probably over a decade. Because <laughs> like when Mario Party was great, I would say the GameCube had great Mario Party games. So Mario Party 8 on the Wii, that's when it went downhill a bit. And it's kind of a shame because Mario Party on Wii had like great potential, but alas... Uh, Splatoon 2 has crossed 10.13 million units, which is fantastic. And uh, this actually relates to a question Tamsoid left in the Discord as well, so I'll bring that up now. So Tamsoid says, uh, Splatoon 2 has broken the 10 million uh, sales mark in sales, which is astounding, uh, which is significant considering there are numerous much-beloved Nintendo 
franchises that have never had an entry uh, that has enjoyed similar success. Uh, think F-Zero, Metroid, Star Fox. Does this put to rest the argument that Nintendo solely relies on tired and tested franchises to succeed? And I would say... For the, I'd say that in some ways it does, some ways it doesn't. Obviously, they still rely on Mario. Like so many of these games in the top 10 are Mario games. And if they're not Mario games, they're Super Smash Brothers or you know something that involves Mario on the front cover. Um, and a lot of people like downplay like, oh, you know, Nintendo, they just like recycle the same shit they re- release. They're like, they're like Call of Duty, you know, just like the same crap out every year, like whatever. And... Even in like Call of Duty's defense, like these games are completely different each time. And especially in Mario's case, like the Tokyo team only released Mario games every every three years. It's on a three-year cycle for the most part. Um, the Wii U sort of and the Switch sort of transition sort of mucked that up a little bit. Odyssey came out on the fourth year after World. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, because it was 2013 and 17. Yeah, so it was four years instead of three years between those two games. But generally, we're on a three-year cycle um, for those games. And every time, they're so different. Like, you look back at the 3D Mario games, which are the traditional Mario games. That is, when you say Mario, that is what I think about. Like, the 2D games and the 3D games. I don't think about necessarily Mario Party. I don't think about even Mario Kart when I say Mario game. Um, But, you know, like, those... Mario is Nintendo's heavy hitter. They know that's going to sell... They know people are going to enjoy it. They know it's going to have a great um, critical uh, reception. Um, so they're going to keep doing them. Same with Zelda. Zelda's you know, typically, historically, been under Mario, but now we're looking at Breath of the Wild and it is neck and neck with Mario Odyssey. Even though Odyssey was about six, six or so months after uh, Breath of the Wild, it is, um, yeah... But with Splatoon, it is really cool that they did bring up a new, brand new franchise. They did bring up a, a new way to interact with a third-person shooter game with different game modes and everything. It was completely different to the rest of the industry, and Nintendo fans latched onto it. And I think uh, other people who enjoyed the sort of genre who, after something different, um, really latched onto it as well. And it was one of the Wii, Wii U's best-selling games um, and best, most inventive games. Uh, I still remember when they announced it. It was really cool to see that it's just something different. And before then, their new franchise was Pikmin. And Pikmin didn't take off. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Splatoon happened. Uh, Splatoon took off. That's become one of Nintendo's most important franchises. Um, then after uh, Splatoon, um, they tried a new franchise with ARMS. And ARMS, it had a really dedicated fan base within the fighting community, but it just didn't take off. Um, mainly just because I think it lacked a few features and everything, but the uh, the basis of the game was really solid. I feel so, yeah. So I, I know I don't know when a lot of people say they just uh, like rest on their same stuff. It's like yes they do, but every single game is just so much different from the last. Different mechanics, different everything. Um, I don't think you could just boil it down to just oh it's just Nintendo they do the same thing and again and again because like even with like the Call of Duty argument, like oh, it's every year. It's like, it gets a bit tiring every year. Like I'm not a fan, but I know like every year it's like, all right, it's a, it's a shooting game, but like they've got different development teams on it and they're doing different things. They're set in different eras. They've got different mechanics. Um, like for example, I think it was like, was it, I'm going to 
be talking a little bit out my ass here, but was it Infinity Ward or was it uh, Treyarch when they brought in like the slide? Like um, I think it was Treyarch in one of the Black Ops games when you hold in um, the prone button, you would do like a dolphin dive. And then like in the next game, uh, the, I think it was uh, Infinity... If, if I think it was Infinity Ward, they did it with uh, Call of Duty Ghosts and they changed it to like a slide where you can slide in the cover and slide. And that was just like, it completely changed the game. It made it really fun and dynamic to sort of get into cover and all of that stuff. And just like little changes like that. Um, that is what fans are going to notice, just changes in gameplay. And if you're not playing Mario games or Pokemon games or Zelda games and you just go, oh, it's Zelda game, it's Link, it's Mario, you're just going to go, all right. It's the same game, but if you're actually paying attention, you're a fan of these games, there's a fair bit of difference, but I don't know. I blabbered a bit too long there. Sorry about that. Thanks for your question, Tam. Um, and uh, the big one the big one here, as of 11 days on the market, Animal Crossing New Horizons sold 11.77 million units. Uh, so that is absolutely crazy. We're going, to be, we're going to talk a little bit about the comparisons a little bit later after this list to uh, other games in the series, but holy shit. And it didn't quite beat Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee at 11.97 million units. So that's just holding on. Um, well, on this list for March 21st, it is it is has been taken over um, in the four weeks afterwards. And Pokemon Sword and Shield is the next one, which is a big jump, actually. It's um, 5 million units above that already um, at 17.37 million units. Then Mario Odyssey at 17. Uh, for 1 million units and Breath of the Wild at exactly the same 17.41 million units so they are neck and neck um, which is really cool because it, it kind of goes to show um, people that are buying a Switch and um, are interested in Nintendo's best uh, franchises uh, are pretty much buying both by the looks of it um, then Super Smash Bros Ultimate at 18.8 4 million units and of course Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at the very top at 24.77 million units uh, you know Mario Kart 8 not going to be topped it's just like it's probably the perfect Switch game for whether you're hardcore playing your Switch it's just fun or you're just a casual fan Mario Kart is just a fantastic game it's one of the best games on the Switch um, so that's not going to be taken over anytime soon so uh, interesting list and one of the biggest uh, things to take away from it is like, holy shit, Animal Crossing has absolutely destroyed it. And from March uh, 31st, when this came out, there was four weeks after that. So like, all right, how much has it sold afterwards? So according to uh, uh, another slide on their sort of uh, financial results here, Animal Crossing series uh, comparative sell-through. So this is for Japan, the US and Europe. And I assume we're included in Europe um, here in Australia. So the game has actually sold 13.41 million units in the first six weeks. And they compare this to uh, the past two handheld games. So Animal Crossing Wild World on DS. Um, it doesn't have exact numbers. It has a graph, but it sold probably about 2 million units in the first six weeks or maybe less. Um, Animal Crossing New Leaf sold a bit more than uh, Wild World. And... How much would that be? I'd say it looks like about two and a, two and a half million units and a bit less than that for Wild World. So not too bad. And then <laughs> New Horizons just come, comes and completely demolishes it. And it, it it is just 
hugely different circumstances, hugely different circumstances, just where the world is where Nintendo is positioned with the Switch compared to the 3DS and DS um, and social media. And there's just so many things that have changed since 2013 and especially since 2005, <laughs> Wild World. Um, but it is fantastic to see this series really like become its own. This is one of Nintendo's most, most important franchises. This is up there with... Mario, Zelda, and Pokemon. This is up there. And I don't know if it's going to, say, surpass Pokemon in sales. I'm not sure. Um, especially, like, there's still 5 million between them. But just the rate Animal Crossing has been able to sort of catch Pokemon Sword and Shield um, just can't be overstated. And especially, like, when another Pokemon game comes out, um, obviously, Sword and Shield will slow down and... Uh, Animal Crossing will keep going because it's going to be an evergreen game. This game is going to be sold for years and years and years. You can't really bring out Animal Crossing New Horizons 2, for example. But Pokemon Sword and Shield does have um, DLC coming out. Um, and it has it, it, it pretty much is the uh, third best-selling Pokemon game in the series. Um, after Red and Blue... Uh, oh, was it after Red and Blue, um, Gold, Silver, and I think it's just about to surpass um, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, which is one of the be DS's best-selling um, games, period. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, sort of competition sort of coming up in uh, <laughs> in Nintendo first-party games, which is really cool to see. And I do I do sort of want to bring up sort of a, a Twitter thread. So um, I'm not going to say who uh, posted this, but I, I, I replied to him basically saying, like, I'm pretty disappointed about the comments because... Um, the person that posted the tweet was a like a big um, PlayStation uh, host uh, and personality, basically. And it, it, all, all he did was point out that Animal Crossing is soon going to out outsell, outsell uh, Uncharted 4, which is about 13 point something um, million units. It might be 15 or 16. I'm not sure. But Animal Crossing is going to uh, surpass it soon in just like not even a quarter of the time. And just the just the the comments were just like, oh well, you know, it's just a, a baby's game and everyone's buying stuff for their kids and everyone's just like brushing it to the side. It's like, you know, Animal Animal Crossing, it's been out for it's it's a series that's been out over a decade and now it's coming into its own. People are really enjoying it. I think it's just it's it's broken out of its niche. I think it's just really quite ignorant just to overlook it. It's definitely not a game for everyone. Like if I know like in our Discord, actually like most of our regulars aren't playing it because it's just not their thing. And that is absolutely fine. Like I can absolutely see why Animal Crossing wouldn't be your thing. And like um, Buddy Watson on a, a few episodes ago, he, he he gave it a go and he likes to sort of play games, put them down and move on. And that's fair enough. Animal Crossing is not a game you play for a bit and put it down and never play it again. You're sort of like, you know, you're, you're touching in every day or every couple of weeks or whatever you need to do so absolutely fair enough but i just thought it was a it just sort of like robbed me the wrong way just like nintendo franchises they get just like dismissed because like, it looks it looks kitty or oh they're doing the same thing it's just recycled garbage it's like all oh, right it's just uh yeah but anyway disappointing but as far as the digital sales go um over all of their digital sales, 70% is actually boxed retail games, so like Pokemon, Animal Crossing, etc., etc. And 30% is expansion passes and online-only games. For example, like the, the Smash Bros. expansion pass, good job that came out recently. Um, 
so that, that's, that's interesting to know that uh, a lot of people are downloading their um, basically box retail games and 50% of um, Animal Crossing sales were digital, which makes a lot of sense because obviously people can't go outside, can't go to the shops. In the, in the US, a lot of game stores are shut down and it's a game you want. Like you, this is a game you want to download anyway because say you have your RPG or the game of choice you're playing at the moment for the month or so, you'll want it just downloaded to the system so you can just go into it and go, all right, I'm going to do my thing and jump out. You don't want to be swapping game cards. You don't want to be looking for it in your shelf and popping it out just so you can go and talk to Tom Nook and sell some fish and pop out again. Like it's just, it's definitely a lot better just to have it um, downloaded. I feel anyway. But uh, yeah. And this is interesting as well. Like they, they lay out what they what what their um, announced games are for the rest of this year. So they've got Xenoblade Chronicles, which comes out at the end of this month. Uh, Clubhouse Games, um, which comes out on June 5th. Um, then they got sort of um, DLC for Animal Crossing with conti- continuous updates. Got expansion pass for Pokemon Sword and Shield. One part coming in June, the other part coming in the holidays. Then they got releases from June for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Fighter Pass 2 which we know we're getting an ARMS character in June sometime if everything's uh, still on schedule. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, there's no games. It looks like, you know, Nintendo's in trouble. There's no announced games. But this this comes down to 100% my uh, tasting games and how I'm enjoying my Switch at the moment. Just continuously playing Animal Crossing for the rest of the year with updates and that. I'm really happy with that. Um, as I've said at the start of this episode, and you probably know if you listened to this podcast before, I'm a massive Pokemon fan, really excited for the DLC. So having a nice, like I'm playing the game heaps as it is at the moment, let alone with new content released in June. I'll dig into that. I'll really enjoy it. You know, get all the new Pokemon, explore the area, do the story, just really dig into that. Then also like another really meaty bit in the holidays to dig into. Really happy with that. They're bringing life back to Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's not just a third version or another Pokemon game. I'm, I'm sick of that. I'm happy I can just continue playing the game I'm playing at the moment. And then Super Smash Bros., which is one of my favorite games as well, um, keep getting updated, whether it's through the events. They did like the big eyebrows <laughs> event um, spirit board um, and with like the characters like um, we're going to enjoy the arms character, whoever it is. Um, I think that's just a really cool franchise. So just with this, just updating their existing games, I'm, I'm happy enough with that. I don't need a brand new whatever, not game. But that, like I said, that's just me. <laughs> and it, it shows here that they're doing the IP um, initiatives. So mainly with Mario. So we're seeing the Mario Lego and the Mario Levi's sort of uh, team up. And I was excited when I heard about the Levi's sort of team up. But just like the clothes, I'm like, oh, just the way they've done it, it looks really, really tacky. Um, I don't know. Like I've I've got plenty of Nintendo branded clothing. Um like uh, like uh, I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but like um, Uniqlo, they do really cool designs and they're not so in your face um, as these ones, but like with the Levi's, they got like the Mario overalls and like who's going to wear Mario overalls? It just looks pretty hideous. I don't know. Like, the the female model, she pulled it off really well, but I don't know. I don't think old Drewy getting around in Mario overalls is going to, Look at look all that appealing. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe I'll surprise myself and I'll really uh really uh sell the nicer flamboyant overalls. Who knows? Maybe we should give them a go. 
So yeah, I think that's uh, most of um, the stuff in the financial results. Uh, just basically, games are selling really well. Switch hardware is still pushing on. And we don't have a whole lot of games coming out, but they are um, still pushing out updates to existing titles. But if you're not an Animal Crossing, Pokemon, or Smash Bros. fan, um, which I actually know Luke is a is not a fan of any of those games, then you will be like, all right, what am I going to play? <laughs> and that, that is a thing. Like um, Tim Geddes is talking about kind of funny games daily and he's not an Animal Crossing fan. And he's sort of sitting there going, all right, I've, I haven't played a game since November when Pokemon came out. Like, what are you going to release for me to play? And someone like myself who's just playing a heap of Animal Crossing, I'm not worried at all because <laughs> there's a it's, a it's a massive game that I don't have to worry too much about. So... Might leave it there. We've been talking. Well, we haven't been talking. You've been sitting there listening, maybe, or ignoring me, or whatever the thing is. But I've been talking for an hour and eight minutes and a half. So I might leave it there. So, everybody, thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 141. If you'd like to help out the show, you can leave us a review on Apple iTunes. Oh, fuck. I had it in my head where I was really going to say Apple Podcasts, but it came as iTunes still. God damn it. Ah. <sighs> You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at iDruby and you can follow the show at the House of Mario. And actually, I will just say, um, if, you, if you've heard this episode, then everything has worked correctly. I have moved the hosting um, of, the, of the podcast to another host. So if you got this episode, fantastic. Let me know. And then I know it's all worked. If, uh, if you haven't got this episode, don't worry about it. You wouldn't have heard it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this week's Nintendo Jukebox. Oh, where's it going? I feel like there's something else I've got to say too. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Oh, well, I've got, I've got it hooked up to the second one of the here, so it's all, it's all a bit funny. <sighs> so basically for this week's Nintendo Jukebox, I've been looking a bit on Spotify because I don't just have a look on SoundCloud now because I can just play it off of my computer. And I type in Nintendo in Spotify and they're... Is only one genre I can find when I type in Nintendo, and that's gangster rap or rap. I don't know. I don't know what exactly makes it gangster compared to just rap, but all that comes up is rap. Like you, you thought like it might be a pop song, maybe a bit of a rock song, but no, it's all just Nintendo. And a lot of the Nintendo songs, are, the lyrics basically revolve around. <laughs> they basically just revolve around like, oh, you know, it's about a boy and a girl. The girl cheats, or the boy cheats. And they're just singing about, oh, you play me like Nintendo. Like, they just, like, talk about it like that. And it's just really weird. But one of the first songs that come up in the search results, I actually started playing this a fair bit. Like, I listened to it in my headphones, listened to it in my car. It actually sounds pretty cool. It's basically a rap song about, it seems like it's before the Switch came out. So the song is called Nintendo Switch Rap Song. And it's by Fab Level. And the copyright is 2017 Outstanding Ovation. So don't sue me for playing this song. Uh, If you'd like to hear it on Spotify or maybe Apple um, Music, if I can find the link for it, I'll leave it there. And until next week, the doors to the House of Mario are closed. (laughs) Didn't work at all, did it? There we go. I found the key. Fantastic stuff. All right, guys. Catch you later.
We've been playing these games since we were embryos Legend of Zelda, that Bomberman and Super Mario Now they're expanding on Ocarina in HD I think my social life is really about to hate me Everybody better talk to talk Everybody really thinking that they donkey caught But then we play Super Smash and I'm feeling on Then I beat that ass another victim gone I'm about to be the one to lose my mind On release day, I'ma be the first in line All the hype in the world, man, it's so divine You can have my fucking money, 299 I'm like, whoa When I'm at home, I'm playing Switch, playing Switch And if you catch me on the road Playing Switch, playing Switch We about to get out of control Playing Switch, playing Switch I've never wanted something more Playing Switch, playing Switch Now bring it back When I'm at home, I'm playing Switch, playing Switch and if you catch me on the road, playing switch, playing switch. We bout to get out of control. Playing switch, playing switch. I've never wanted something more. Playing switch, playing switch. Let's go. Got me going like a pogo I don't really gotta know anything more though Now you're gonna see me shotgun in the moto I was gonna be the one to beat it till it's game over I ain't never gonna be the one to change over Switch clean like a motherfucking Range Rover Gets me addicted like a chain smoker That's real And we loud Nintendo fans and we proud Always bring together that crowd We the console kings we've been crowned Ha! If you're hyped for the next gen, let me see the superpowers like an X-Men We about to have the best games that's destined If you didn't know, now you know that's a lesson ha. When I'm at home, I'm playing Switch, playing Switch And if you catch me on the road, playing Switch, playing Switch We about to get out of control, playing Switch, playing Switch I've never wanted something more, playing Switch, playing Switch Now bring it back When I'm at home, I'm playing Switch, playing Switch And if you catch me on the road, playing Switch, playing Switch We about to get out of control, playing Switch, playing Switch I've never wanted something more Playing Switch, playing Switch Let's go! I'm sick, blowing up